Well, everyone, this is it. It's the final episode of the best part of 2020. There's not been much good there, so it's not been a high standard to set, but it's the final final of That's What She Said. It's a Christmas special. It's very little to do with Christmas, but plenty to do about usual nothingness that we're, we usually provide. Georgie Parker here, No Guns Nelson, and no one came to my party, Barbieri, here with me as always. And, ladies, it is one month until the big fella comes down the chimney. Are we ready, Bubs? How how early do you get ready as a mum for Christmas? Firstly? I actually, th- I actually think um, twenty twenty has been so badly that we decided to do the Christmas cheer a lot earlier. Yeah. We never, we never, we never put up Christmas decoration. It has to be the first of December, and Advent calendar, Christmas uh, tree, and all that all at once. But now. Um, Holly just had nothing to look forward to. There was just no real excitement going on and we said no problems. And so we put the tree up on like November 15th or something. <laughs> oh, my love gosh. It. I love it. Uh, Are you a person that would go like, you know how there's different types of Christmas trees? There's like the people who do very uniformed, pretty Christmas trees. And then there's a the type of people that have the homemade decorations, no order. It's stuff from 20 years ago, stuff from now, a bit of everything. What type of tree do you have? I'm, I I want to be the uniform one where it's like it looks pretty. absolutely OCD pretty. But the best part about Christmas is going to the shops and Holly picking out like a, fo- like a favourite couple of ornaments and then building and building on building. So we've never had many and all of a sudden now our tree is full because Holly's been only interested for about three or four years. Yeah, my my sister, um, she, she has kids now but she didn't earlier and she used to get her friends, she said Christmas tree should always look like a kid's made it. So she used to get her friends with kids to come and decorate but they could only decorate to the height <laughs> they are. So then <laughs> the top of the tree never had decorations on it. She goes, well, that's how they've decorated it. And so, <laughs> or it's always like orderly at the top and then just goes into absolute chaos down the bottom so someone with OCD does it at the top someone that should have a job in Meyer and does the Christmas trees that are just perfection every single year and then it you know shambles down the bottom but I got invited last week to my um, brother's place to help put my nephew or help him put the Christmas tree up Um, and that's a really nice I don't have kids but that's a nice tradition to go and kind of help your your nephew or nieces and um, listen I had to decline because I couldn't go but I'm going this weekend and putting it up and uh, hopefully I can then enlist him to come to my house and Here's put my Christmas tree up. My tip for you, put it against the wall and then only decorate the front. You yes. don't need as much then. Yes, <laughs> we, good tip. Instead good of going tip. round the tree, we kind of just do like a little zigzag. <laughs> like you're drawing it. It's like painting. Like you, you don't paint the bits that you're not going to see. see. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Is this life hack tips as well by you? It yeah. is. It is. It is. Holly was like, Harry why tips. aren't we doing the back of it? And I'm like, nobody sees the back. We don't worry about the back. Yeah. What's on Holly's um, Christmas list? Um, she wants this Owlies thing. Like we have to look it up. And a weighted, she wants a weighted border collie that helps you calm like down when you're angry. Oh, my gosh. They are the cutest things that, like, can pick up when people are going to have a panic attack. And yes. it just, like, climbs all over them to calm them. It's amazing. They are Why the not- cutest thing. So you have to – if you look it up online – Literally, these dogs can sense when their owner is going to have a panic attack and they just kind of like climb up onto their lap or hold their shoulders down 
and they provide like the weight that they need in order to calm them down is really quite beautiful and you know me I'm a cry and I'm already getting tears in my eyes <laughs> thinking about it it's so cute it is it's the best and I said I said to her I don't know where to where to get that and I looked it up online and you can buy just a weighted border collie um uh, toy oh. nice um yeah. now I've got a question guys do we call it do we call the big the big man Father Christmas or Santa Claus? What in your household? Uh, oh, what did Santa bring you? Santa. Santa. What, did Santa, what did Santa bring you? Is Father Christmas coming? So I think I inter- like you know just putting it in. I throw Santa's. both. Yeah, I think I throw both out there. Definitely. Gun to your head, like you have to Saint pick one. We were. Oh no, never. We were always Father Christmas. Um, yeah, I, I must say. I must you say, must it's, changed. <laughs> it's changed. It's changed. Because I was Santa like, now I feel. yeah, always Father Christmas, Father Christmas, and then at some point it just it became Santa because I think of all the commercialization of it. Really, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were always Father Christmas. Anyway, well, it's one month. Well, you of were Christmas. respectful as a kid, weren't you? You know? I actually was. I'm not sure where that Mr. moment Christmas. in time changed. <laughs> Mr. Christmas. Hey, hello, sir. God. <laughs> I must oh. say. I must <laughs> say, don't leave me cold this year as per every other year. <laughs> and another question. Potatoes. Did you get Christmas presents from Father Christmas or Santa Claus in a sack or a, um, a what's the other one's called? A, uh, what, wrapped under the Christmas tree? Oh, no, like, you know, the stocking. stocking. A stocking. A stocking or um, a sack. What did you get yours put Nothing. in? I got nothing. I got just oh, uh, so sad. the no, present with no. Party and oh, no, no I did. Presents. I got Christmas presents, but they weren't ever wrapped because no, neither was ours. Santa. So the, the, the toy or whatever was just under the Christmas tree because Santa oh, doesn't man. have time to wrap presents. No, no, of course not. But we had ours put in a sack, like a pillowcase. Yeah, no. I wish I had a sack. I had a, a stocking. Yeah, exactly. I had a stocking. It was stretchy because it was, like, knitted, so you could fit a fair bit in there. Um, but, you know, when I saw those sacks as a kid, I went, well, what am I thinking? This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I need to upgrade. <laughs> but you'd want give the stocking to your kids so you don't have to um, buy as many presents. Now, sack, now yeah. I, do this, uh, I do the sack for Holly, but I fill, I fill the sack with, like, itty-bitty stuff and <laughs> lots of little things. But yeah, junk, absolute junk, big, like stickers and stuff. Yeah, and then she'll get a big present for herself. But Jeff always gets angry at me because I don't wrap it. No, you don't wrap it. Santa always wrapped my presents. I'm like, uh, well, he didn't at mine and this Santa's doing the Christmas shopping, so shut your mouth. (laughs) My presents in my stocking were never wrapped, but the Christmas presents under the tree always, always wrapped. Always, always wrapped. Oh, the the other thing. Yes. I will say, sorry. I must say, I will say, <laughs> Holly has started asking if Santa's real this year. And I have been stalling because people, the kids at school yeah. obviously have older siblings and I'm like, does it make a difference if Santa is real or if it's mum and dad? She's like, not really. It's like I go, it's about the joy of Christmas, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm like, yes, done. <laughs> well, and why don't you stop getting presents? This is such a parenting one on one here. What what age you stop getting presents from Santa? No, from Santa. Oh, until she's like, this is lame. You'll get the you'll one year she'll be like radio. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> 
You, you always want presents, though. I always wanted presents. I always wanted presents, but she'd just say it's from your mum and dad and stuff. I, I remember my mum bluntly, um, you know, she exposed Santa on Christmas Day and she timed it so when I was walking in the room, she would say, yeah, Santa's not real. And I, that's how I found out. <laughs> that is very aggressive. Anyway, like, well. It was very, like, it, it was, you know, thought of beforehand. She's like, okay, everyone. This is how I'm going to break it to her. Oh Three, two, two, one, enter. Bob. <laughs> it's not real. She's probably just sick of buying your presents. She mm. was. Yeah. Bubs, you're 23 now. It's really time. <laughs> Santa isn't real. What? Um, <laughs> all right, let, let's get into it. Um we we pride ourselves on not being the feminist police here, and um, that's what she said. Of course, we want equality. We want um, equal representation amongst um, not just the world, but sport in particular, clearly. But um, it's kind of we're kind of getting to the point where we're a little bit sick of bits and pieces and being an afterthought, um, being um, labelled. There's a whole lot of things there that. Um, you just kind of get sick of it in today's day and age. And there's a couple of things that in the last week, Bubs, that has really come to the forefront of your mind, especially with the W League fixturing and the A League fixturing um, and the, the stark contrast between how the two are being dealt with. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's all about, you know, we want equality. We want to, but I just want you to be true to your word. Like yes. don't make a hoo-ha about the World Cup and, and how you've got the 2023 World Cup with New Zealand and it's all about equality and we're just going to make the W League that. There is no, there's no way you can wrap um, the W League and the A League in cotton wool for this for this season because COVID has absolutely destroyed the timing, the fixtures. There's no reason to rush it, um, to push it out there. But when they came out and said, oh, the W League and the A League are starting together, we're all going forward as one. Isn't it an exciting time? We're going to have equality and all this. And then when they put out the fixturing, they've got the A-League fixture and then two games of the W-League. Two games. It, <laughs> is there a reason why? Well, what, the, the W-League's coming out next week, but I'm assuming it's because of they haven't done it yet. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have a contract written up. Like they haven't even made the contracts yet. Well, it's a bit like um, the AFLW girls never know until, um, well, they don't know when their season's starting. I mean, partly because of COVID, but there's still already discussions about the men's. Um, the time when the AFLW girls, li- we literally had a rule change during the season. I feel like they trial things with the women that they wouldn't do with the men. Um, did they come and do a big song and dance because of, you know, they've got a new deal with, like, ABC, free-to-air TV. Do you reckon that's what helped them get them over the line to get that TV deal? So they had to make a big song and dance about it but then didn't have the time or the personnel to do with the season fixturing? Look, I reckon it's just logistics. Why can't you just be truthful? Like, it's going to be hard to to fathom, you know, border, border control. There's a lot of things still up in the air that you, you don't rush it then. You know, like nobody knows that the the borders to Queensland would open today or, you know, on the 1st of December. We're all waiting for these state, different states of opinions 
to come together and work together for our league, just be open and honest. Don't rush it. Like there, you know, a few weeks ago they started promoting the W League and and all these teams are training and it was really frustrating for me because I was still in lockdown. And you see all these teams training and having, you know, all these this team stuff happening and, and we're in lockdown and severely undermanned and uh, not training at all. So, yeah, there's just no no need to, to rush it. I would rather have a W League that is, you know, fully accommodating of everyone, making sure everyone's included. Like I don't even know what's going to happen with the WA girls. Oh, well, um, whether same, or not they're going to yeah. come in or into a hub or things like that, just it's it's so frustrating. It's hard. There's a lot of um, unknowns for next year, and I think a lot of places are um, using COVID as an excuse. Um, yeah, broadcasters, yeah, broadcasters and and leagues especially. Um, another thing, and we've talked about the term wags on here before, and probably Ash, this is. Um, kind of in your wheelhouse being um, in the media side and clearly um, female sports very underrepresented represented underrepresented in um, in the sports media um, and you know I came to you guys with this during the week and you said well at least during this week we put this and this and this on women's sports that you've been covering yourself but um, in the Herald Sun and I think the Herald Sun had really hit and miss quite a lot of the time and um their chief football writer has written an article and I didn't even click it because it wasn't worth clicking and it said, now that footy, this is the headline, now that footy is done and dusted for the year, the spotlight turns to a different set of wags. The significant others of our cricket, tennis and supercar, supercars stars meet them here. Oh. Um, I just feel as though that's being written and I understand that I think what their angle they were trying to do is say, hey, look, they're not just wags, they've got other lives. However... Why not use a sports reporter's time to write about female athletes, not about the significant others of athletes, of male athletes? I, I, I kind of, I haven't read, uh, read the article as well because I think I was a little bit concerned by clicking on it that it might be supporting something which I actually don't want to hear about, um, particularly if it's just sort of writing about, you know, what they're actually wearing rather than influence that they actually have on society as a, as a quote, wag. Um, I'm hoping that if I clicked on it, it actually kind of highlighted the things that they're doing in the community and painted them in a, a, a good light. That's what I'm hoping for. But as you said, the article itself, the headline, you know, it's so clickbaity because it kind of entices you, alludes to the fact that you're wanting to know the inside gossip about the wags. I don't feel as though Herald Sun, hopefully, would be writing about that. Um, but, you know, um, there are Can quite you... a few people that would do that. Um, and not probably paint the wags in the light that they should be painted, given that a lot of them are really successful businesswomen, and it does, it gets tiring. Um, I don't mind reading an article about significant others because they're important to different athletes and their performance. Um, they're a very good support network for a lot of people, so it is interesting to know about them, but, you know, if it's just about what they're actually wearing on any given day, that's really frustrating. Can you imagine, though, like this is on the front page of their online site. There's not a single page about a single female athlete on there. It's about wags. So can you imagine an article on the front of the paper being about what Jeff does or what Jake does? You know, like it's so out of this world and you wouldn't even think that that would ever happen because it actually is that important to what we're trying to fight here? And yeah. 
Well, that's, that's it. There's, no, there's, no, there's no articles about the, the men probably. Oh, there might be in there, but I don't think there'll be any articles about the men who are supporting the female athletes. And when more see, so. When we see more that, so. <laughs> we'll bring it up, but I haven't seen it. But it'd be great to see more articles about women in sport because there was plenty that happened over the weekend in order to provide enough coverage with it. You know, we've got the WNBL that's on at the moment. Women's basketball, yes, might not have the great heights as to what uh, the NBL does, but there's still plenty there to write about. But it's also um, in season cricket. as opposed to NBL that's not. Yes. WBBL's yep. in season. Yeah. BBL's not. I just yeah. that for me. Why are the the sports that aren't even in season aren't even in season getting more coverage than sports? Yeah. You know, Alyssa Healy hit 111 off 52 balls the other day. To, she's not on the front page of Fox Sports. She'd have to go to the cricket and scroll down to a tiny little article down there against stuff that's not even in season. I understand yeah. that you know there's still a thirst for that stuff that the men are doing, but and, put it to the forefront of their mind, right? Yeah, and the thing is as well is that. I, I get it, you know, you want kind of um, anything that you're covering in sport at the moment when it comes to women's sport, in order for it to kind of grab people's attention, you know, you, you want it to be exciting because that's how it's going to get sort of people in. Alyssa Healy, if you went back and actually watched it, it was a bloody good century. She was hitting the cover off it. It was, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, the shots that she made were well placed in the field. Um, she... Um, had a lot of power about her game as well. There was a lot of finesse about her game. It was a re- very, very good century by men's and women's standards. So the fact mm-hmm. that that can't get on the back page is disappointing because in the men's game that actually would have had very significant coverage. Coverage. Um, yeah. So that's where it kind of gets a little bit upsetting, you know. Um, it was a, a hundred that was well worth writing, you know, a back page story on. And... Before we move on, I just kind of think that it's important to take note on some things you can do as listeners and viewers of sport um, that can kind of help change and shift this. It's not clicking the clickbait articles. It's paying to, A, watch sport, whether it's on pay TV or um, on a coverage online, paying to read those articles um, that are behind paywalls, things like that. Um, and engaging with female sports and all their social media coverage and things like that. I think it's important that we can do that shift. It's easy to say it, but you need to kind of kind of be actively doing it um, to showcase the people that are paying the bills that there's a thirst for it and a want for it because until uh, you do that, yes, Bob. Sorry. I, I, I've got a couple of um, ways you can do it on Instagram and things. So if you like... Um, you know, all the sporting teams for women's sport and um, all the sporting people themselves, but also commenting um, and liking it and saving it. That's the best way that you can generate um, numbers for those pages and things. So it sometimes doesn't even cost you any money. It just takes you two seconds to to like, follow, engage, comment, obviously nice things, don't be a troll. Um, <laughs> and do it from your personal account, not like that blinder one that you have um, for trolling people. Um, and then, you know, and, and promote and help help those numbers um, behind the scenes. Speak about it just as if it's sport, not yeah, like please. Hard, but it's women's sport. Just don't um, tag on Ian Healy whenever you speak of <laughs> you know, the female version. 
All right. Well, why are we going to a sport that does have very good equal rights? We go to the tennis and the Oz opens in a lot of the spotlight at the moment because the change of date, they might be changing that date of the Oz Open um, just because of the restrictions of people coming into the country. Um, so there's a lot of speculation about that. But it got me thinking, um, you know, I was watching Seinfeld last night as I do every night and it's when Kramer becomes a ball man, not a ball kid. <laughs> and it, and it, ball man. He became a ball man and he was very, very good at his job. But it got me kind of thinking that there are much better jobs to have at the Oz Open. There's a lot of volunteers um, and or you know, the ball kids might get a, a $15 um, food voucher for the, for the day. <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of volunteers that make it go and there's a lot of very important ones, but there are on the court positions you'd much rather be in or volunteer jobs you'd much rather be doing than not doing. Um, so I've written a little list. You know that I love a list. Um, and it's just got s- my top seven, my top seven, or well, not even top seven, it's just seven lists of where I think is the best sort of position to be in that's up close and personal with the the players. I'm not talking about the persons handing out pamphlets at the front. They're not near the players, so we're not going to bother with them, right? So, yes, Ash. <laughs> so there's probably some, like, pamphleteer out there that's just quite inside <laughs> thinking they're making a significant difference to the Australian Open. It is very like, They do not count. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to direct people to the bathrooms. It is. I can see that. However, you're not talking to the players, so for me it's not um, It's not one of the high-rolling positions. You're not on camera. Right, you know? okay. It's not front and centre. It's not like, oh, did you see that lineswoman, you know. So clearly it's very on-court heavy, my, mm-hmm. my list, um, because that's who we see a lot of. Um, you know, you've got like the marshalling people that move people, so that's a good job, but I haven't put it in here. So... Very on court heavy. So number seven, I've got the sideline umpire. So like the the um, ones that do like the tram line bit. <laughs> I thought that's probably the worst on the court. Uh, you've got to concentrate the whole time. You're in a crouching position and you're in line for being hit with a ball. <laughs> so not an overly great position, I don't think. Following on from that, number six, we've got the baseline umpire. Same thing, but you get to sit down. But you have to be concentrating and watching that line the whole time. You can't be going from side to side. So, But but not in a crouch position and less chance of getting hit. So it's a little bit better than the sideline. Do we agree with that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. far, so good. Thank you. All right. Then we've got number five, the chair umpire. Now, you're up high, you get to talk down to players, people know you by first name. If you're hot, you get a lot of attention like that Argentinian or Brazilian hot chair umpire. But you have to be very on the ball and you get yelled at a lot by players. Yes. So, so that takes... And you can overrule But you've got the authority to kind of be like deduct a point. I'm right. Yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, French in the French Open, you have to get out of your chair a lot and climb back up. So that is taking away some points as well. But we're talking I, about I just have to say that I think that the French umpires are great. Oh, because they, just, they like, just sound like they've got so much more authority where they, you know, deduct a point. I don't yeah, know they just run up and go, they just run up and point at it and go, yeah. no. <laughs> no, dumb. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Play on. Then... Then we've got number four. We've got the ball kid. Now, you can watch the entire game, um, but you have to run. Um, you get cool little hats, of course, um, but you do get dirty towels thrown at you sometimes in your face um, and demanded 
but you get to have to do a lot of things, hold an, umpi- hold an umbrella while you get hot and they don't kind of thing. So Pick up bugs off the court. Wipe yeah, the the off moths. Oh. I wouldn't do the moth. The moths couldn't couldn't do it. Now this is where we're getting to the good part, right? Um, so top there's three. two on court here, top three, yeah, podium. Center line umpires. So the ones that do the basically the just there for yeah, the middle fine. line, just for <laughs> service games. Serves. Every now and then, I guess in the first few rounds, they have to do the side run back to the sideline. Yes. So you don't want to be the centre line if you do that because then you have to move, get back in position and in the But side. I kind of like that because I think standing in the one position for the whole no, game would be hard, you know, so a little well, bit of movement could be good. No, 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 because you have to just watch the first one and then you get to stand up and watch the game. Mm. You don't have to then concentrate. You're done okay. after the first. So that's why it got to there. I can see. But, and you don't have to crouch down. You crouch down for the first and then you get to stand back up and just show your true height. So that's, for me, my third. My number two is, sorry, I was just this getting is, very confused. The suspense. <laughs> was quite, I, I was like, is this the same one? We've got Where women serve. to put in a drum roll there? Yeah, or? We're at the Brownlow. <laughs> two votes for... I was like, is this the same one? Now we've got the service line umpire that does like the the one, yes. um, you know the one. Box. The middle In the one. small box. box. Yeah, the small box. Again, you get to sit down and your job's done after the first serve. So that's really the elite position because you just watch one and then you get to sit on the side and watch the rest until well, the next serve. it's not the elite position because you've got one higher. We do, but it's not on court. Now I think this is the best volunteer position in in the game. The driver. The one that picks <laughs> up the players and drives them to the games. You get an air-conditioned car, you get to sit down, you get to chat with them about personal lives and talk about your kids. I think that is the best position on. Can on I Aussie. throw one? I have there? one better. Oh yeah. I have one oh wow. Better. No, you go first, Ash. I'll be the best. Don't worry. Okay. You are I you gonna to get... say the the drug person, the person no. that Oh God, no, I think I'm you get to worse. see some good bits. Um, I don't really want to watch anyone urinate, to be honest. Yeah, um, I don't care yeah. how good they are at smashing yeah, exactly. a ball. Exactly. Even if it's a very good-looking person, I don't think anyone needs to see them urinate. Um, I would like to be, and I always used to get jealous of this person because technically it was an experienced ball kid role. They used to have the handgun to measure the serve pace. Ooh, they all like they, 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 they kind of operated that system, and they were in like amongst where the boxes are. And that's the experienced ball kid, is it? It was an experienced ball kid that had that opportunity to do it. It's mm. like the hierarchy. Like once you've done all the ball kid stuff, there's just no way you can well, go maybe, except or maybe the gun. when you stop looking like a kid. I don't yeah, know. when you become <laughs> Kramer, exactly. It's very ageist, isn't there? it? It What's the oldest you think you can be? Oh, well, I just think that you can be old if you just look like a kid still. But once you sort so of start be... getting hairy legs and facial hair, no, you know, I... you're out the, out the door. I think it's when you start going, hold on, I've been at fucking work for 24 hours. This game has gone for eight hours straight and I'm not getting paid more than a dollar an hour <laughs> or 15, 15 bucks no, about you, you get rotated every how many games? Six games, Ash? Oh, well, you get rotated your positions as well. So depending on performance, but this is what ball kid. Did you do hop? Did you do Hopman Cup? I did Hopman Cup, and there's definitely a hierarchy that goes on with ball kids as well. So like, <laughs> if you're like on point, if they kind of go, you're a great roller, 
and um, <laughs> <laughs> with no bounces. And there's a lot of pressure, yeah, yeah. and you understand the game when it comes to a tiebreaker. You can be on the net, but if you don't understand what a tiebreak means and where the ball should be, uh, be then you can't be on the net because you've got to make sure the balls are at the correct end. Yep. So that's important. The next position as far as ball kid is concerned is that I always wanted to be the drinks kid because you got to sit down and watch the game and then you only had to get up and serve them drinks. I remember getting that wrong thinking that I can't remember for this doubles match whose power rate is who, so I just can't Ooh. put it out. I mean, COVID <laughs> times, that's bad oh now. <laughs> is that, it was is that not a ball kid's job? Is that like an actual specific person? It, yeah, I'm learning it's, a lot. yeah well, like it's a ball kid job. Um, but you sit down and you just get to watch the game until it gets the drinks and then you can just get them out of the fridge and ask them if they would like anything. So you get to talk to the players. I think that's yeah. the elite position. It's, that no, is the elite I've position. got one better. Oh, oh, go on. Bugs. I've got one better. So my, my sister-in-law is a security guard, like a high-level security guard, and you you get secure, they, they give security guards to each and every tennis player. So she has you in change room, yeah, She's been in the change rooms with Serena, with everyone. Like she has been personal bodyguard for all the players. Okay. So when you go to the toilet and when you when you do all that, she has to watch, make sure that she has no interaction with anybody because you can't be coached and do all they, those sorts of things as well. That do, are they allowed to talk to them like after yes. games and stuff? Yeah, they, they're, have they? Have they been lovely? No, to them? like it, they're always. Oh, she she <laughs> no. has distinct. She has distinct people. If I had a call her, um, but it was quite early this morning <laughs> when I got to work, but she would always say who the nice ones were and who the bad ones were. Um, and she would never be allowed to instigate the conversation, but she was allowed to talk if they spoke to her first. See, that's where driver has it because you can instigate the conversation. Are you allowed? I, my, one of my so. friends, my, one of my friends, is the driver at the Australian Open. Wait, and you she's, roll with the high rollers, don't you? you yeah. Know, security well, I live in Melbourne. Drivers, yeah. Oh, she um she <laughs> says that she does. You usually the players of high caliber don't get those drivers. Mm. So oh. if you're if you're wanting the plebs and the wild cards, yeah, no problems. <laughs> they don't can't yeah. afford the Ubers. <laughs> Could I tell yeah. you where the pleb position is though? The pleb position is as a ball kid is that you know how usually you've got like the little spot which has like blocks off the court on the angle, like they're yeah. one of those little triangle things. And so there's a ball kid that has to stand outside the court to get all the scrap balls, but then they have to give the ball to the person that throws the ball to them for the serve. Like they're not even allowed to throw the ball. That's how bad they are. <laughs> so the only Is that what you did? No, I, I got to throw the, the ball. I got on a net once. Um, That's and, pretty cool. You know, it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> how about, pretty big deal. How about all the young kids now thinking, hold on, I was one of those <laughs> random ball getters? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you got to face facts. You're not particularly coordinated, and your job is to handle the sweaty towel. And also I always get, thought and get leftover balls. So that's the one spot that you don't want to be. I, I always thought. The kids that were the vendors walking around selling ice creams in the crowd. I always thought they were ball kids. No, they're not. Because they no, they look not. they had the 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 uniform on, but I didn't realise all the Australian Open uniforms were the same. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> are you a ball kid? She's like, no, I'm a vendor. <laughs> 
There's some things that you, you shouldn't admit to, Bubs, and I think that's one that of them. That was one of them. <laughs> All right, it's our last ever, we'll last for the year, half Nelson Ash. What do you have for us? Right, guys, you might have seen online there has been a Richmond supporter that maybe has made a pretty uh, dubious decision to get a tattoo, which he just didn't double-check before he got it and is, uh, I guess, being paid out on social media because of it. Now, he decided in his wisdom that he'd be a little bit creative and rather than kind of get, you know, Richmond, um, Tigers, Premiers, rah, 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 um, he thought, I'll get the coordinates written down on my forearm to Punt Road, um, which, like, I think is, is a, I don't want to say it's a cool idea because uh, I probably would never get it. But, you know, I think that it's a little bit more subtle than a big tiger. With not it. as bogan. It it's doesn't not, feel as bogan. Listen, it's a classy Richmond supporter. And <laughs> But then when you put the coordinates in, it actually isn't at Punt Road. It's in, like, some rando park, like, kind of close but still not punt road. So everyone's going, well, points for trying, but, you know, maybe it's not that hard to get the exact coordinates for punt maybe, road. You can just put like it to Google Maps. Maybe it's his favourite um, Vietnamese restaurant on <laughs> Yeah, on you know what? That's actually such a good idea and I might do that. <laughs> yeah, love pho on Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, you know, everyone's kind of like laughing at them, but it just made me think about different times that maybe you should have double checked before you kind of invested (laughs) in something and I feel as though like all of us will have like some kind of you know list or moment in time which we felt as though we should have done a little bit better um I'm going to kick us off because I've actually you know got a a fairly substantial list when it comes to cooking (laughs) I have to double check that it's Sugar, not salt. It's raising yes. flour, not plain flour. Two bad experiences there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should have double-checked that the garage door is up before I reversed out with my car and all the way up. <laughs> yeah. I should have removed all items, including my toiletry bag from behind my car, which included a hair straightener and also hair dryer before I reversed over it with the back of my, um, well, the back wheel of my car. That was an expensive venture and I should have double-checked where I placed my wine in relation to my new MacBook computer before spilling it. So, <laughs> you know, there's all these things that you're looking back, like for someone that's quite coordinated, I just don't double-check these things and just make uh, stupid decisions and, like, you know, expensive decisions. I mean, hair straightener, hair dryer, MacBook computer, multiple phones, all because I just don't double-check. Don't double-check. Mine is always the same thing and you'd think that you'd learn to get the right date of a flight when booking it. Yes, done that. Like, I just had to call. Multiple times. Like how many, t- like I've done the wrong month twice. <laughs> I've done the wrong time other times. I've literally gone to the airport and said, oh, I've got a flight. And they're like, no, you don't. <laughs> that was yesterday. Mm, fun. Love that for me. Um, also, of course, we know the story of when I rocked up to the airport without my bag twice. So Passport. it's something. Passport. Passport. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. So anything to do with airports, I've got to like really double, triple, quadruple check everything. It's, it's because you're so, you're so focused on airport etiquette that you just forget what you're meant to be doing. Well, that's fine. As long as other people are happy and feel as though I'm being polite, then that's enough for me. 
Yeah, I, I was I was going. I just went on one massive occasion that I should have double checked. So when I got married, I got um, I really love Roman numerals and having everything oh, set yeah. in Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you do? I put the year as X X V I I instead of M M V I I. So X X is twenty. MM is 2000, right? And I didn't notice until one of my mates, her husband comes up to me and goes, Bubs, I'd just really like to know what the significance of 27 is. (laughs) And I'm like, what's 27? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm 27 when I got married. I'm like, what what is it? And he goes, oh, on the... On the coasters, on the on the bomboniere, oh, no. all the invitations, on everything, on on my fucking engraving, on all the silverware, on everything, and I I was like, okay, guys, the twenty. Did you make up a reason? Did you make no, up a reason? No, I'm like, oh. What's it meant to be? And he, I go, it's meant to be 2007, like the year we're getting married. And he's like, oh, that's MM. That's the <laughs> way to sink you on your wedding day. Oh, and I just don't know why I thought that because I've got Roman numerals on me for the number 11 and it's XI. Like I know X is 10. Why would I do that? Anyway. I, I went to a, you know, Kieran Govers Ash on yes. his wedding invitation. He had a spelling error on his, and I just said, "That's because classic kids." Yes, yeah. Yes. He probably put it there on purpose. <laughs> he probably, yeah. <laughs> It'd be wrong if I didn't. So I exactly. That really oh, Bubs, that's well, that's oh. classic. There are people out there like you that would have paid so much for their invites or memorabilia that would be, and it would be wrong. It, like, honestly, I just thought it's lucky I did a lot of it my own, like myself, because I think that's why it never got picked up earlier because I didn't get many people to help me. I, like, I did everything. Like, I made the bonboniere, I did all that. I got everything printed out and, Did, yeah. did anyone come? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, they came. It was very. It was free alcohol, of course. They fucking came, and I didn't make a crock and bush. So. Um, all right, let's oh, just do guys, I, I might need to get going soon. Well, I'm should we just do? Let's just do straight to spuds, and then we'll just go. Okay. Ah, right? oh, do the Christmas list. We'll, we can. How about, how about we do Christmas, and then are you got? Do you guys? We'll just do spuds. With spuds, is that okay? All right, let's do cool. that. We'll, we'll smash it out. I don't have a list, so there we go. I don't have to add in. All right, yep. we'll get done in three minutes. Christmas time, and we love a list, so we're going to do the best Christmas list, best Christmas list, best Christmas movies that are on the market. Ash, what do you have? Well, okay, well, I'm just going to preface this. What actually makes a good Christmas movie? Because a good Christmas movie is actually a movie that's bad. That's my opinion. Like, it has to be a corny Christmas movie with some elements to it. Now, there's usually a royal element to it. So, you know, like a girl who meets a prince who doesn't know he's a prince. Um, There always has to be someone in it that is, you know, scorned or clearly hates Christmas and is on, you know, the path to find love. 
there must be a dysfunctional family situation and usually there has to be somebody that is tied to their job and working Christmas but ultimately finds the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> those, those are the categories of what makes a good Christmas movie or a bad Christmas movie good, if that actually makes sense. Anyway. I like that for you, yeah. but it's yeah. definitely not my list. <laughs> All right. So at the moment, you know, on my list of bad, good Christmas movies is a Christmas Prince, A Christmas Prince and the Royal Wedding, A Christmas Prince and the Royal Baby. <laughs> a Christmas well, Princess. The, well, the, the Princess Switch, and I just found out yesterday that there is Switched again, so there's a, <laughs> a, another one. A re-switch. A re-switch. Switch back. Holiday Rush, which is about a DJ who has to stay on air on Christmas to help his family <laughs> while finding love. A Night Before Christmas is about a knight from the past who finds himself in the future, therefore finds love. And then my ultimate all-time favourite is Angel of Christmas from 2015. And the the little synopsis explains it all because I get the feeling you guys probably wouldn't have watched it. I've not watched any of those. Suzanne Nicholas is a copy editor for the New York Courier and she aspires to write her own stories for the newspaper and she pitches all these ideas, but they constantly get turned down. What now, does a news? It's just such a common. It is okay. Character. I am, I'm aware of this, but there's an open shot. So two days before Christmas, she pitches an idea. Okay, and it is about her talking or writing about this angel that her grandfather handcrafted that brings people together. But she's turned her back on the holiday, the Christmas holiday in love after being left by her last boyfriend. What will she learn? <laughs> is this your story? Are you just telling us what's going to I know, right? But isn't it funny? I mean, it has all the elements. It's got romance. It's got a lady scored. It's got somebody that works Job. on Christmas. <laughs> it, um, it's, you know, the same old, same old kind of story. So... All in all, that tops the list because it involves all the categories of a bad Christmas movie. I'm very passionate about this. The worse, the better. Bubs, what do you have before Ash has to go? What do Mine, you have? Mine has the, um, like, it, all it has to have is Christmas theme. Like, it's just Christmas Day somewhere in, in, the, in the movie. Which so for me. For a Christmas movie, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. That's my, one of my favourite. Okay. Then it is Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yes. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. National nice. Lampoon's Christmas va- Vacation. Um, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas was Jim Carrey. It has to be that one. Home Alone 2. Um, Gremlins. Die Hard. Scrooged. Uh, Elf. And While You Were Sleeping. Now, nice. Elf is my number one. Elf is my number one and only yes. one. So that's it's so good. Is that can you classify that as a list? Yeah. What do you mean? One, yeah. one, on to, one, one is a list. Is, is one a list? Is it? Yes. Done. Add one. <laughs> so what? What was number one of your list? Um, while you were sleeping. Mm, and was cute. elf number two? Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm I've podium finished there too, Ash. I, to be honest, I actually rather watch Ash's list than yours because I love shit movies too. Yeah, listen, there is so much shit out there and I was watching it going, this is the shittest movie and I couldn't stop watching it. I can't get through them. 
Well, oh, I, I can because they're so I, bad. They're so bad that it's like you just can't stop it. And yeah, then I go back train for crash. more. And then when I was looking on Netflix the other day and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's that time of year. The shitness <laughs> is coming. I'm so excited. And, um, and then I saw the princess re-switched. I'm like, well, that's my, you know, Thursday Friday night. night. <laughs> Merry Christmas, um. y'all. <laughs> I'm a potato. We roll potatoes. Potato awards. Um, I, we should have really collated some of them and, and put in who won. Our best, yeah. Yeah, put in who won the best and who won the worst. I think potentially who won the boiled was probably Cane Corns. Yes. Um, <laughs> and oh, there would have been some, maybe Ash Barty might have won the fries. Oh, she, this we, one comes She got close. mentioned a lot. She got mentioned a lot. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, like, like the more number. often. Yeah, how many yeah, how many number. how many fries you got? Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I'll collate them. I'll collate them. I'll sort it out. Um yeah. anyway, what what do you have for your fries or potato? Oh, or... For mine, my potato goes to the lovely wife who of Luke Borian. He's the Lions FC goalkeeper in Queensland. So they reshaped the NPL in Queensland to continue playing and the original date of their wedding was meant to be in the off-season and the final fell on the wedding. So instead of him not playing, he came to the game fresh from the reception. So brought his wife in her wedding dress. Oh, God. Look, she doesn't even get a mention on this bloody thing, of course. The, the time where you should because it's your <laughs> bloody wedding day and she doesn't get managed. They were faced with the dilemma after his team made the semifinals of the Queensland second-tier NPL. So it wasn't even first-tier. It was second-tier NPL competition. Oh, and, you know, they turn up and there's a photo of them on ABC Sport where she's in her wedding dress with the team behind them. He's oh a goalkeeper, God. of course, because who else would do that except a goalkeeper? <laughs> so um, in the team photo after they win as oh. well. So they get she gets the fries for me, not being a petty. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, just knowing how much it means to him and letting him do it and not it, having to choose. I think that's a, that's wonderful. It's quite funny because, you know, there's, a, you know, a couple of people in the AFL left the hub to go and have their babies and things like that, for example, still side bottom and things like that. And then people were commenting saying, well, you shouldn't have a baby during the season. Everyone's going, it's October. The season's usually <laughs> over. Stop. They kind of did plan. <laughs> like, they planned correctly. Yeah, they planned correctly. Um, anyway, well, I have got some little fries and it's going to no one that is particularly famous. It's to Matt Dussin, Dusin. Um, who slid into Ash Nelson's DM yeah, calling her no guns. And I just thought that was a smooth move, Matt. You've said, nicely done, no guns. Hope you painted the inside of the drawers as well, much like the affirmated guns of which you have none apparently. So it's just proven that you're a listener, so we love that. Thank you. Um, and thank you for really continuing the push of the name no, no guns. So, <laughs> look, I think, Matt, you get some fries there. Um, I also want to have a little special mention um, to it's the Richmond father-son prospect Maurice Rioli Jr. 
Now, he was lives up in Darwin, and I have not lived up there, but there's a bird there called plovers. And plovers are in good. Melbourne too. Plovers, there you oh. go. I don't, I've never met a plover and I don't want to. And um, he couldn't do his 2K time trial because um, these plovers were there swooping him. Um, and I think that is just a really creative reason to not do your fitness testing and I wish that I had that mind frame. So, look, you've just inspired some people on how to get out of your 2K and that's do it near a plover's nest or a magpie's nest. Um, so, look, well done there to um, to Maurice. <laughs> so um, you can get um, some sweet potatoes for you because it's just inspiring stuff. <laughs> um, Ash has had to shoot off to work. She is off to go do some drag racing apparently. Um, so we've got none from her today. But thank you, everyone, for listening, um, not just for today but throughout the year. Um, it's been a weird year, but hopefully this 45 to 60 minutes a week has given you some laughs, um, some much-needed um, time away from the real world. So we thank you for your support. Make sure if you do have a punt, you do so responsibly. We will see you in the new year and um, looking forward to that. Thank you so much and bye-bye. Bye.